The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. You know, we all have that one special dog hanging out on the porch. He's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. All these things you like coming together to make one superb dog. That was exactly what we had in mind when we made this show. Welcome to All Mixed Up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to All Mixed Up. You guys have heard me and Chad last month. We got a very special guest in the house today. He's special, and all right. <laughs> I'm going to say right now, the best recording setup I've seen. And Chad has a mountain lion and a deer behind him on his wall. You got a coyote and a bunch of crazy stuff going on. This is a pretty sweet setup. Introduce yourself, brother. <laughs> What's up, man? Uh, it's um, it's nice to actually see like names and faces together. And it's uh, as as we kind of talked about the other day, man. It's like always kind of cool being on this side of the microphone for once. It's um, <laughs> it's kind of a nice little transition and stuff. But yeah, man, my name's John Munyer. For everyone that doesn't know me, which I guess for most of your listeners will be pretty much friggin' everybody. Um, <laughs> but um. Anyway, Not yeah, so um yeah, I've I've been a jack of many trades for a very long time now, but uh you all know me because um well, and I can kind of say this as far as Chad goes, a fellow falconer and um and I've been let's see, into falconry since probably about 2015, but I've been also podcasting about falconry and and um talking to people about their falconry experiences now also for about the past five-ish years um i'm also a musician i've played bass since i was about 14 years old and i'm 40 now and i'm still mediocre at best but hey it is what <laughs> it is um and you know i've been a let's see for the main job i've been a respiratory therapist for about 18 years and i've been doing the travel contract stuff with that for the past like three um yeah man it's i i do a lot of stuff i stay busy so let I mean, me I'm ask pretty- you something as a re- respiratory therapist a i worked for uh, a salvage crew which is where you like go up into areas and rescue and imperiled fishes from like natural disasters or some kind of mm-hmm. event that's going to put their population at risk I worked with a guy who was an avid smoker. He would say smoking was bad for your lungs, but good for your teeth. Can you confirm? Um, 
I'm going to call shenanigans. I'm just going <laughs> to, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and, and call shenanigans there. He was probably dipping while he was telling you that too. Probably, he was right? both. He would do both. He would alternate to, he said he was a versatile fiend. He would go for whatever was available. <laughs> well, I mean, kudos to him for like maybe thinking one canceled out the other or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, the, the funny thing is, is I've been, you know, taking care of literally every single demographic in some way, shape or form now for the better part, like I said, for almost two damn decades. And you run into all kinds of, of uh, rationale and logic. And, um, you know, the there's, <laughs> uh, trust me, dude, there's all kinds of special out there. There really is. And um, I, I was guiding a deer hunter and uh, he, we were sitting there quietly and he had terrible COPD. And mm-hmm. every time he breathed, it sounded like a flock of canaries. It was like, right. <laughs> yeah, like every yeah. inhale. And I was like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, he's like, oh, I've been smoking four packs a day for like 25 years. And I was like, dude, we need yeah. to do scientific studies on you. Like, how are you alive? It's amazing. Like, yeah, there's, there's no need. It's sometimes people's genetics are just, they just get lucky. But yeah, all the canaries you were hearing were all the ones that died in the mines that he probably worked in also. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, like I said, it's, uh, yeah, all the souls of them left the, the cages <laughs> and basically I like, just went into his body just to live vicariously <laughs> him still since he just wants they will seemingly probably live forever that dude will probably outlive you and me is the is the irony of it dude i mean i unfortunately been, yeah probably <laughs> yeah i mean i've been i've been taking care of of like chronic like copd patients uh the chronic ones uh the uh frequent flyers as we call them are are usually um I don't know. How do I put this uh, diplomatically? Some of the more challenging patients that you will have recurringly. But I mean, the first 10 to, well, the first about 13, I should say, years of my career were mainly working with babies. I I was a NICU therapist. So, I mean, I I went to all deliveries and C-sections where I worked. We got to intubate. You know, we were the head of the bed. Basically, we got to put the breathing tubes in the babies and stuff. And we ran the ventilators and the whole nine yards. And um, that and I also did a little bit of neopedes transport sprinkled in. So, I mean, I, I went in ambulances and helicopters and occasionally or airplane to pick up patients and you know babies and kids and stuff and uh so yeah man i've i've done a little bit of of um a little bit of everything i've worked in sleep labs i've um like i said i've worked in just general hospital setting and almost every kind of unit you can think of uh with the exception of a few but yeah man so that that's been kind of like my quote-unquote uh put the bread on the table or you know put the food on the table job uh yeah for the last almost two decades and you know i mean if i didn't have this end of things to do and talk to goofballs like yourself and i probably would <laughs> surprisingly probably just would have gone insane years ago but um you know anyway yeah i mean as far as what you see behind me that the, the coyote you know that's another funny story I, we can get into later but i was gonna yeah, bring it up so we'll get yeah, there <laughs> yeah we'll yeah. get there we'll get there i mean it's it's yeah anyway so uh everything else you see behind me is collectibles you know i'm a i'm also a a nerd um to the nth degree i like collecting original art i'm a huge star wars nerd sci-fi fantasy nerd you know that kind of stuff so um yeah i mean like i said i've i've collected comics and vintage toys and stuff through throughout my life and other odds and ends and uh i got a question for you first though Mm -hmm. chad how you been brother 
Yeah, Chad. Oh, yeah, Chad's still here. Hi, Chad. Hey, I've been. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I've been. I'm 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 just happy that I could like see out my right eye without seeing my cheek up into it. I don't know if you guys can I saw okay, yes. that I shish kebobbed myself chasing after the hounds the other day and like clothes on myself, like feet off the ground, like like a joust, like the old medieval jousting off a horseback thing. Like, yeah, that was me with a stick, like right there. Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm so glad that didn't get your eye. Seriously, no, oh, joke. I know, right? It still put some pressure on it through my lid because it hammered down into my cheek. And then when my head snapped back, like I was being kicked like a, I don't know, kangaroo, rhinoceros, or whatever. It went up into my eyeball. So my eyeball itself is a little tender, but it had my cheek in between it and the oh and my stick. Um, <laughs> but like my now's my favorite time of the year before the snow gets too deep and it's cold out there. I like to, to run with, with the dogs as much as I can, you know? And I just, I love it. That That's my favorite thing. I can't keep up with them all the time. There has to kind of be a colder, uh, colder track and, I, they can go through the canyons and I kind of cut the corners, but combined I can, I can kind of keep up with them a little bit. And I, they made a hard turn. I was trying to see if I thought I was exactly where I thought I was and looked down at the Garmin and uh, I was like, yep, there they are. And right as I looked back up stick, you know, and it was like, oh, you now they like point right at you, you know, so that like you, you can't really see it cause it's lined up perfect. You know, it's what, <sighs> a, where it was and, and we didn't get the line. So, just all around crappy day for me, you know. Oh, when <laughs> no when was this? When was this? Uh, day before yesterday. So, well, man, I'm really glad you didn't lose your eye. You yeah. would be hella ugly with an eye patch. Yeah, I thought it would kind of go to the the overall ruggedly handsome thing I'm trying to get going on here. You know, Ashley has been telling yeah, you some yeah. nice things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, ruggedly handsome, like a like a like an like an ugly dog or you know like a used burlap sack or something like that but you know i I figured i could rock an eye patch you know come up with a cool pirate name i was getting ready to vote for you to to actually wear the patch i'm actually a little disappointed that you aren't um but but i mean like i i was gonna just say it'd be kind of like you know that dog that you that you eventually get at some point in time you get it from the pound or whatever everybody gets a dog at some point in their life that's just so ugly it's cute you know, kind of one of those things like, yeah, I was, right. well, I mean, hey, I, I maybe that's the vibe that that she was kind of, I don't know, putting out there for you just to make you feel better. So I don't is that know, right? Whatever. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Now, the, pa- yeah. the patch, the patch would have been better, though. Mm. Next thing you know, you got to, you know, basically almost cut your leg off. You could you'd have the peg leg and the patch and just rock. And ball. your parrot would be a red tail, Chad. Something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a hound hunting podcast, so I don't want to get too deep into this weeds. Everyone's going to fall asleep. But. John, is that a dragon lance picture up in the top right of your head in that framed picture? Well, of course it is, my friend. Dude, nice. I just saw the I saw the warrior up in the top right, and I knew that was dragon lance. Anyway, okay, sorry. Uh, I'm also an enormous nerd, so I have to yeah. contain myself. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had Larry Elmore sign. I actually got those prints straight from Larry Elmore, the guy that did all the original D and D and dragon lance art and stuff. So anyway, yeah, you're right. We can nerd out about that for hours, but that I know that's, you know, probably not what everybody wants to hear. So or chat chat is like, oh, my God. <laughs> and so is 90 percent of our listenership. So sorry. everybody. <laughs> they, can, hey, they can deal with it. I got some good news, everybody. Yesterday was a phenomenal day. I caught a good one. That one right there. He's a great one. 
holy smokes i'm talking about comet my saluki he is just a beast like i was blown away three minutes they a three minute 302 run him down uh just beat the rabbit down it was awesome justin my one of my best buddies justin he's got some great gyps now he's got some great dogs period but uh he took out his two gyps and uh man it was just so fun we got outrun the first race chad 346 is when the dogs finally like ran out of steam and that jackrabbit was the third time we jumped that one and it's outrun us three times in a row over the course of three weeks every weekend same one jumped him in the same place goes the same spot every time 346 Crazy. he belongs man that's the he belongs yeah <laughs> we called him the beast from the east that's his new name because we find him in the <laughs> east, east side of the, the pasture east. we hunt <laughs> so yeah got i one. just got on another one later and and yeah and that's brought the, it to cool the truck, thing huh? about those salukis man you i gave him an hour to rest me and justin just hung out for an hour and uh, we started loading up we started hunting it took us about 10 minutes to find the next one about an hour and 10 minutes total of rest put down on him and yeah, they ran a 302 hair and they caught him and I was going insane. Right. <laughs> it was so good. Um, yeah, Comet, he's my MVP right now for sure. Um, my one of my dogs, John, I was telling Strider and our listeners know earlier last year, um, well, earlier in 2023, one of my dogs tore open a bottle of Remedil and ate like 60 of them and Yikes. he almost died. And so I thought he was going to be really bad, you know, ruined basically, but nah, man, he's doing great. He lost about 40% of his kidney function, but he's running great. So, I mean, I was really happy with him yesterday. Strider, he did awesome. Uh, ran just like he, as if nothing was wrong. And uh, yeah, and then Comet and Cheeto really just ruled that rabbit and kind of messed up his day and enhanced ours. <laughs> so. Right. It was it was a good time. It was a good time. Cheetos so, this this year's pup or that's uh that's a one year of Justin's. Half, ain't it? She's two years old now, I think, or closing in on two. She just turned two. Uh, three quarter Saluki, one quarter track bred Greyhound. That's and, cool. Oh man! Oh, oh, top notch, top notch. Those dogs are awesome. I love watching them. Uh, very fun. So anyway, I'm on cloud nine right now. I'm electric actually kept getting my butt stomped. You know, we got run by that one hair three times. So two times before that doesn't feel good. And, uh, then I got outrun two times as well, where I was hunting in a different pasture. It's just real raw, real rough, uneven ground. And man, uh, I just was getting stomped. So I, I was really glad to get back on the scoreboard. You got to get outrun a few times to make catching them really, really sweet. And it reminds you of how freaking hard those little things are to catch. Yeah. But uh, I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> it's a, I love this dude. He's awesome. So you had him anyway. and Strider down. It was the two Salukis today. And I, had two, I had two Salukis and then Justin's two long dogs. Yep. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. So we, we, we put down four. They were a little tired from the last race, but they got it done. So heck yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, congrats, so congrats, that, congrats. that's all that's going on in my world. I, I was really excited to uh, bring that up because it happened yesterday. I'll send the, I'll send some of the the footage to you, Chad. And, and that was going to be the next question. You got some footage. You got some stuff. Oh yeah, patrons, awesome. it's coming to you guys. If you're not on Patreon, guys, that's where all this stuff goes. So, uh, the drones in the air, the wheels are turning fast on the ground, and it's all on 5.3k. So anyway, fantastic, Jonathan. Have you got to see Sidehounds run before, bud? Um, not in person, but thanks to 
really ingenuitive people like Seth, I'm looking forward to um I, I had to give him props the other day because that drone footage and stuff that he's kind of got going on in the works and all that kind of stuff. It's uh it's pretty damn cool. I'm not gonna lie. I was um I was really impressed by just the overall I don't know, like I I was surprised at how I don't know, like it like it kept everything just right in center. You know, I I was really surprised by how well you were able to get that footage, you know, as far as keeping everything where it needed to be in the picture and everything. Uh, Very cool stuff. But no, I mean, as far as like in person, unfortunately, I have not seen sight hounds work. I've seen lots of different types of pointers. And I mean, I have two visuals myself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've got also the three wiener dogs now. Um, but as far as sight hounds, you know, I live in the Midwest. Sight hounds are just ridiculously impractical here. You know, oh, yeah. as far as far as my knowledge base goes anyway. Uh, no, but, that, you're accurate. That's right. They yeah, don't, they don't really belong over those suckers. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So to your to answer your question, no. But I hope to at some point in time or another get in your truck, son. Let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) Hey man, you know, I mean, I, uh, I hope so. I hope to sometime in the near future, I've been talking to some mutual friends of ours for a while now about trying to make it back down to New Mexico and, um, yeah, it'll happen (laughs) at some point. The Houndsman XP podcast network is powered by Cajun lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm gonna run through them real quick. You've got the Rogaroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you gotta find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogaroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors, it's got walking lights, it's got the red, the green, the amber, it's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning, to coon hunting at night, to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it. And that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun Lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com. Go to our sponsors page. Hit that link. It'll take you right to Cajun Lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. I think it's kind of silly because sighthounds are the only dogs, in my opinion, where it's like the human finds the game for them and then they like go after it. You know, I mean, they they go out and look around, but they're not like a hound. You know, Chad drops his gates and his hounds are rolling out and they're going to like go find a mountain lion with my dogs. They're like walking around within 20 yards of me and they're just like waiting for the Lucky Charms character to like burst out of the grass and take off, you know? So <laughs> it's just kind of silly when we're just like walking aimlessly around and they're just yeah. prancing around me waiting, you know? And it's like, God, dogs just <laughs> find one. <laughs> you know what it I mean? sounds? Yeah. It sounds like it's kind of like the dog equivalent to like the goshawk death marching, 
basically. Like, you know, you're just wandering around in lines aimlessly, just hoping you kick something up at some point. And then when you do, it's game on, you know, that kind of thing. Pretty they much. don't like fly around or anything like that. They just like sit on your arm or what? That's right. Yeah. Goshawk guys primarily hunt off the glove. Uh, just basically <laughs> and and you will be cursed into infinity if you suggest they hunt them otherwise the majority of them um you know because uh, that's the the way the cool kids do it you know uh poking fun at all my goshawk buddies out there but um but yeah especially jackrabbits man like it's a death march dude same so, reasons um, apply with you seth you know like i've heard you say a number of times why do you like your dogs close yeah you just want you a know? good turnout yeah. yeah, you got it. You you enjoy the turnout. Same thing with goshawks, folks. When they explode off the glove right in front of you, you know, and everybody likes to yell "ho," you know, kind of similar to the tally ho you hear in the sidehound world. Oh, um, okay. And with sidehounds, it's I mean, with the goshawks, it's hilarious because they they back when I had mine, he saw everything like almost a full second before I saw it, you know. So he'd be off the glove and three flaps into it. I'm like, yeah. Do what you're already doing, you know, like, <laughs> keep, yeah. keep that up, you know, <clears throat> and that's, what's kind of cool about the sidehounds. They got other stuff like T poles and T perches and stuff like that. I you know, saw that... a guy walking around with a T perch mm. and he had two Harris Hawks on it. Yep. Yep. And he was walking around with that T perch out there and I, I dro drove up to him. And I, of course I know several people like Paul Domsky. I've had him on the show and uh, I was like, do you know, Paul? And they're like, we're actually from Arkansas. And uh, we had like squirrel hawk, and this is our first time in New Mexico. They're like, Where are the jackrabbits? I was like, Oh, they're all dead. You're hunting where I hunt with my sidehound, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he was like, Damn, that's hilarious. <laughs> they yeah. weren't all dead, but I told him that so he'd go away from my oh, yeah. fields. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, it's a the tea perch deal. That's a common thing with Harris hawks. Uh, you know, there's some people that'll do it with red tails and stuff every so often too, and some other species. But yeah, the goshawk guys, they're they the whole thing for them, the you know, the arousal they get from that experience of seeing that bird, you know, basically launch off the fist. It's just like Chad said, basically, you know, like I mean, some guys will actually get annoyed if you yell ho, but like the irony is is some of the goshawk guys that I hunt with, especially, they have a tendency to um you know, have a little bit of a grip sometimes on those Jesses and don't want to let go until they see what's going on, you know, and then we give them crap about that afterwards too. you know, half the falconry experience is basically just giving your friends never ending hell and, you know, always reminding when they screw up, you know, so that's part of the fun. That's <laughs> whatever, but what, what's your favorite. I'm going to ask you both this. I'm going to interview you both, but I'm going to start with you, John. <laughs> what is your favorite species to hunt and why? Oh man, that's, um, that is a loaded question to a falconer um, or ostringer, either one. Basically, um, the most I will say the best way I can answer that is the most pure fun that I've ever had in falconry still to this day is with American kestrels and um, just oh, doing shit. just just doing just doing starling mobs, man. It's it's um, it becomes after a while uh, very addictive. It's kind of like a video game almost like once you just you just drive around and you just mob starlings you know with like a with a kestrel and stuff and not everybody's a big fan of it it's not uh for everybody it's not apex falconry by any stretch of the imagination but as far it's as just pure, pure fun micros like the smaller hawks and falcons man it's it's a lot of fun and then as far as bigger hawks i've still 
I'm still a fan of squirrel hawking, dude. It's so engaging. It's right there in front of you. And um, you're a, a part of the action the whole time. And uh, got to be that. Yeah. That's got to yeah. be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to come. I mean, you've never got a chance to see squirrel hawking in person yet, have you? Yeah, dude, I've only um, seen tree squirrels like 50 times in my life. <laughs> There's well, no then, trees where I live, dude. <laughs> sounds it sounds like sometime you need to come up this way too, then and uh and check it out. It's uh it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Well, yeah, every time I've been falconing, it's uh it's been really cool. So definitely that's one of the reasons I want to have me on the show. Chad, what's your favorite species to fly? To fly or to chase? It it it, it all kind of depends. I, I like red tails and squirrels, kind of like he said, those are fun. I like uh, goshawks and cottontails and specifically in tall sage. That's one of my favorite things in the world, like waist high sage. It is just, it's so aerial. You know, I got videos of like my little male uh, finish, like remounting like eight times in a hundred foot square, you know, like after cottontails. And that's just. What does remounting mean where he like has to. Yeah, they'll they'll come after it and can't get it and have to pitch up. And he kind of throws himself up to like gain altitude and do something with all that inertia and they'll pitch up and then they'll look over. You'll see him like, where's he at? Where's he at? There he is. And now he has the altitude to kind of fall back in again and pick up some speed and it'll pull some ninjutsu move and hide behind another sage bush. And again, so as to not lose the momentum, throws himself up in the air and then waits for him to take off again and then comes down again. And that's, <clears throat> that's really cool. Um, as much as I can get the dogs together the red tails and the beagles is a blast. I did that for oh, years. That's one of I'm my favorites. So Watching bad. them. Because the cool part about that is you just open the truck and try and keep <laughs> up. You know? Because they go, they don't need you for nothing. You know? Like, they have got it all on their own. That hawk has his two beagles or whatever, and they, they go hunting. That's cool. That gets the hound hunter in me pumping when the dogs are. As soon as they get on the rabbit, to me, you're you're chasing it. You know what I'm saying? So however long it takes you to catch it. You keep going. That's the cool part about squirrel so hawking fun. too, is it's cat and mouse up and up and up and down and down and up and you know. But well, and, yeah, and the big reason why I transitioned to uh dachshunds is is for that basically that very purpose is I, I want I wanted to combine the dog world and and make my life a little bit easier and, and get scratched up less and and just mutilated less and briars and things like that. And watching the bird and those dogs hunt together and just seeing that bird like key in real hard whenever those dogs start opening up on a on a trail or, or a rabbit and stuff man, so the birds do learn the dog's vocabulary oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool you're <laughs> just you're just lawn furniture once they learn the dogs produce it better than you do you know i mean that's basically all falconry is is you know they're like well how do you how do you teach them to like you they don't need to like me they just need to know i'm i i make wild game come out of the bushes you know and then they, <laughs> like i practice yeah. falconry all the time every time i i, I disc up my trap my crop field every time the hawks come out and follow my tractor they don't true like my tractor they don't trust my tractor they know mice come around when i drive it and that's all it is is just i keep him in the house and he becomes dependent on it you know yeah in my yep. my opinion jonathan i'm sure everybody else has their no, Here no, I, that's me. I yeah. no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And the beautiful thing is, is like you said, is like it's a great thing that we don't need them to like or love us because they never will. They, yeah. Dude, if we if we died right in front of them, they'd probably eat us. I mean, right here, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right yeah, there, they'd start right there and work their way up from the nose. I think, man. Yep, yep, probably. And I mean, the that's that's the funny thing about it. It's it's a um, 
it is a completely pragmatic relationship on, you know, and, and as far as their end of things goes, like they learn to tolerate you and work with you as a partner because it makes their life a little bit easier and they're opportunists. They, if they, you know, they learn that you are basically a food source for them, both, you know, hunting and not, and basically they just learn that their life is going to be better off in some capacity with you around, but they're never going to love you ever. Nah. From an outsider looking in entirely, I will say uh, one of the most beautiful things about falconry that I really enjoyed was that you can just let them go. Like if you're just like, you know, Scooter, you were good or whatever, but I'm ready to try a new species. Go be free. Like, and they just are like, okay, bye. And they just fly away and go do their thing. Like, that's awesome. I love that. If they're wild caught, of course. It, exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's great. You know, I, I can't be like, you know, Pronto, you did good, buddy, but it's time for you to go be a coyote now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You'd mm. be like, sh- sh- like scratching on the door and be like, yo, that couch, man. Like, <laughs> really need that. <laughs> so, yeah, but, hey, before I, we get too far away, the final part of that, your question there is still the sidehounds oh. and the jackrabbits with the, with the falcon, man. That's, that's my baby that once when I do one of those, when I successfully make that happen, you know, like back when we were doing it with the Jer Falcon, I, I'm, I'm going to step away from the Jer Falcons next time. I'm I'm going with something that's going to strike. I, the tail chases are really neat, but I don't live in the right spot for that. That's that's New Mexico. I need something that'll hit <clears throat> like a prairie or a peregrine or or heck, even a red tail off the rock faces I have here. But, you know, um, but when I when I got it working, you know, and the dogs got it up and got it moving and the falcon had a few stoops in it and finally overtook it and caught it. That was worth like 10 of anything else I caught. Like I just I really felt like I lined the planets up, you know, and that that's that's my favorite. That's my yeah. favorite. And I'll be getting back into it as soon as I get, you know, get some time. I'll be you know? there. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to be too. That's still something like I, I still think in my mind and maybe it's just because it's another one of those romanticized things for me because I can't do it myself where I'm at mm. is because I, I love Falcons. Like I, I I think that I'm honestly more of a long winger personality, mm. uh, you know, for, for people listening, you know, long winger, basically you, you like flying Falcons. You know, that's basically what that means. That but anyway, question. yeah, so. <laughs> So basically like Falcons, we, they're long wings. Yeah. Well, anyway, so, but like, I love Jackrabbit hawking as well. And some of my fondest memories are, have been basically to go out West and, you know, I've been able to catch Jacks before with Harris Hawks that I've, that I've flown. And, but I really think that that whole jeers on Jacks or some kind of long wing on, on Jacks with, with the sight hand deal would be something that would be just one of my life. I don't know, like goals. I would feel probably very fulfilled being able to do that. But you know, I've done it, and uh, it was not what I thought. Uh, this is something that I you saw a goss though. You saw I a did. Goss. I saw a goshawk. Yeah, and and here's the thing too, and this is the truth. I learned a lot about falconry that well, I've learned a lot from Paul anyway. But uh, something that kind of annoyed me with it is that they're very temperamental birds, man. Like that they, they, she just wouldn't hunt. She Paul was like, she doesn't like you. Like so I was like, what do you mean she doesn't like me? I'm not doing anything. I'm like standing over here. She's like, no, nah, you're making her uncomfortable, and she doesn't want to hunt with you around. Goss, I was like, goshawk. <laughs> that's goss-hawk. a goshawk. That's what that's what I'm saying. You're like, I've I've done it before. I was like, you've done it with a goshawk, and that's some of the most fun you can have with your pants on. You know, <laughs> when they're chasing something, 
if they're not actively chasing something, they make you want to pluck your eyeballs out. Man. I was pretty frustrated. I, I love mine, yeah. and I will have another one. But I don't pretend everything about them. They're temperamental. They're prima donnas. They get pissed off. If they want to hurt you, you don't even have enough time to like make a stupid face. They could like fly at you, grab your face, let it go, grab your face again, let it go before you have enough time to go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like, but when they're actively chasing something, oh my gosh, it's some of the coolest stuff there is, you know. But he told sure. me, he said, the dogs, okay, like he's obviously speaking of sighthounds. He's like, sighthounds hunting with dogs, is, there's just a baseline of fun. Like, dogs, it doesn't, dude, it doesn't matter if there was a bleacher of a thousand people rolling around behind me. If a jackrabbit gets up in front of my dogs, they're going at yeah. full steam, you know what I mean? And so, uh, he was like, but when falconry is on point, it's so much, the highs are way higher than hound hunting. He's like, but there's way more peaks and valleys. He's like, there, there'll be days like this where I drove four hours and she's like, nope, I don't want to hunt. Yep. And then the days where you'll catch like 10 jackrabbits a day and your dogs and bird are working together perfectly and everything is magic. He's like, those are the days you live for. So he was like, the, the highs are higher and the lows are more frequent. The dogs are more consistent. So <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting observation. I don't know if you two can can attest Absolutely. to that as well. Yeah. It's, it's a classic <laughs> saying in falconry, actually, the highest of the highs and lowest of the lows. And trust me, the lows can get, they can get pretty damn low. They really can. Let's just be real about it. Yeah. And um, yeah, the whole goshawk thing, that's a whole other conversation and in, in, entirely in and of itself because you also have the the factor of whether or not it's an imprint or a parent reared or a passage. I mean, all are going to act differently. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, basically, like, you've got all kinds of different factors that go into the makeup of how that bird was raised, if it was even raised by a human versus other goshawks versus is it North American? Is it European? Is it, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, I mean, like, Chad's finish, I guarantee you, most of the time is probably going to act a lot different than a lot of North American birds, you know, that you're going to see on average fly. They just have different temperaments. But yeah, anyway, that's crazy. That's, that's why it. I'm like, hey, buddy, he's like sleeping on my couch right now. I'm like, you want to go H U N T I N G? And he's like, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so, I mean, that's, that's a whole other conversation in and of itself that we won't get into because that's going to be a whole other thing. But anyway. You know what app I use on my phone more than any other app besides the podcast app to listen to this here podcast? I use Onyx. Onyx Maps is the most comprehensive mapping system for hunters on the market today. I use it all the time. When I was in New Mexico, I was looking at 40,000 acres of ranch that I needed to learn. I flip open Onyx and just start studying, studying the map. When I'm riding trails, I put the tracking app on. It helps me get around in strange country. I could mark water sources, food sources, bear sign, just all kinds of options within Onyx. You need to check out Onyx Maps by going to houndsmanxp.com. Click on the link on our sponsor page. You'll go right to Onyx Maps, and when you check out, enter the code HXP20, and you will get 20% off of your order. Know where you stand with Onyx. I'm going to ask you both this another question. Sure. Okay. I worked as a technician on a fish biology crew for a while, and the, the hardcore like biologist guys, they would always be like, there's a hierarchy to fishermen. The low is the drunk dudes on the bank with the bait fishing, which full disclosure, that was the only thing I ever did my whole life. Uh, 
Then you have like cat fishermen that are like serious cat fishermen, but they're, they're just catfishing. Uh, then you have like uh, amateur bass fishermen, pro bass fishermen. And then at the very top, you have fly fishermen that are like, you know, this is like a hand-casted fly made from endangered jaguar hair harvested yeah. deep in the Borneo rainforest. I know, <laughs> still like, I know where this question's going. In the falconry world, who is the fly fishermen that are like, this is a passage scooter, yeah. scooter to a duder hawk from the Arctic Circle? And like, who is the like, yeah, this is my like meth hawk. I caught him in like a dumpster and like we're catching. Yeah, I don't know. Red tailed squirrels. Red yeah, tailed yeah, squirrels. Yeah. Right there. You go, you go first, Chad. You, you, I'll let you, I'll let you go first. On this one. <laughs> well, I, we could, sure we could go tip for tat. But... Let's start at the bottom. I, I stole it. <laughs> Red tails and squirrels are your, you know, which I entry level love. And yeah, I don't want to talk about like nah, skill no, 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 levels no. here. We're, yeah, we're no, talking no. about like personality yeah. types. I'm a total because... amateur. I didn't mean to offend anyone. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no, but like for the most part, you know, there's guys that are like, they'll sit around and talk about the upcoming hunt and every, the, the whole day will be for like 10 minutes, you know, and we'll get into who those are in a second, you know, but then there's other ones that'll get together and they're like, y'all want to kill some stuff? let's get it you know and that's <laughs> that's a squirrel hawker you know like that's it. so not to say it, nothing about skill just personality types you know who's gonna crack a beer like mid-hunt probably a squirrel hawker you know what i'm saying they, they, they most likely have a dip in may or may not have had relations with a first cousin you know like <laughs> depends on the state they're from dude yeah it all does <laughs> So uh, one step up from there, Jonathan, you want to take it from there? What, what, oh, what yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be more than that. I think that's a great lead off, Chad. And I'll and I'll even go as far as to say we can even lump. We, you actually were being really specific when you were actually narrowing it down to squirrel hawkers. Oh, yeah. I'm going to even go. I'm going to even broadly general generalize it more and just say dirt hawkers. So dirt hawkers yeah. in general are kind of viewed as the. um yeah, uh, they're, if, if they're the, I don't know, as far as the falconry world goes, they're more or less viewed in some ways as kind of like the redheaded stepchildren. You know what I mean? Like they're the uh, they're the ones that are the nitty gritty. Yeah, we'll literally hawk from sun up to sundown, and are not afraid to, uh, yeah, to be as uh, well. I mean, <laughs> for lack of better terms toothless redneck as they need to be you know to get the job done man it's it's getting done like something is going in the game bag you know when you're with dirt hawkers like they're really what is dirt hawking i'm just giving a ten thousand foot view dirt dirt hawking we're talking about guys that hunt stuff that lives in the dirt man you know like everything or you know grows from the dirt you know freaking like you know we're talking rabbits we're talking you know cottontails uh jackrabbit uh you know squirrels you know a lot of that stuff um you know if if you're if you're hunting something that's got fur on it and it's kind of running along the ground or then uh, along the ground and up in a tree that's a dirt hawker all right got so it. anyway so then you know there's there's not really a whole lot of middle ground in a lot of ways but then you just go straight <laughs> up to your fly your your fly fisherman equivalent right which is your long wingers okay so you know there's um there's always been kind of a i don't know like stereotype with a lot of the long winger guys that you know if you if you roll up to a falconry meet and you see a bunch of broken down barely running trucks that have just dense missing windows you know the whole nine yards and and <laughs> chad's, chad's like that to me <laughs> yeah. so 
Um, that that's, can confirm Chad been there. <laughs> that's, that's a dirt hawker for you right there, man. But then like, you know, there's this stereotype too, where if you stroll up and you see like the Mercedes Cadillac, that's fully loaded, has all the bells and whistles. And a guy gets out of it with this nice, you know, vest, you know, just sort of, you know, really dressed up and, and uh, like the elbow know, patches on there, yeah, you know? the elbow, the elbow patches <laughs> and stuff. And, and they look like, you know, they uh, have like an upper echelon job at a, you know, like a, a high level bank or something or whatever. And, and uh, you know, they stroll out and then you can almost guarantee the stereotype going just strictly by the stereotype. I'm, I mean, you can almost guarantee that a long wing or a bigger Falcon is going to come out of the back of that vehicle, you know? And uh, so there's all kinds of jokes and most of them are very fun in nature. We have a lot of fun of course, with each other. Jokes. That's, but, the, uh, that's the fun part of being in clicks. You know, you get a lot Walker yeah. guys like to talk trash about blue tick mm-hmm. guys and whatever, yeah. you know? But, but yeah, I mean, if if a, if a guy strolls out the back of a, and pulls out one of those, I mean, odds are, you know, the stereotype is it's either like a doctor or a, or an accountant or, a, you know, like one of these high end type, you know, paying jobs, you know, with a higher requiring like a higher IQ and stuff. What's and, the most anyway. prestigious bird they're going to be flying? Probably like they're like, this is like a purebred, like Paragonian, you know, yeah, like, pro- probably, probably a deer falcon. Like, you know, that's 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 usually viewed as always like the upper echelon. If it's like 100 percent pure jeer and especially if it's like an ultra wide or something, you know, and and uh, all that kind of stuff is. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, you've got the regal peregrines and stuff. And, you know, you, the, the, of course, there's also the hybrids. You got to have the jeer peregrine hybrids thrown into there and stuff, too. You know, so anyway. You go go ahead. I'll toss it back to you, Chad, and see if you can. You know. Oh, I, I'm going to break it down a little bit more. I've been waiting yeah, for go, a conversation go for like go this. All right. Go for it, man. <laughs> All right. So, and, and, and for some reason, this is something I, I, I don't believe I've ever seen it done, but whenever I, I get the log winger types in, I have very good friends in every one of these sets. So, there's none of this is me talking down about a group. It just, but if we joke Likewise. about the stereotypical yeah, you know, stereotypes yep. and everything, the cliches, like the yep. long winger types more often than not <laughs> can get the reputation for being like, oh, these are the penny loafers I weigh my bird in before putting on my boots. And I, I, can't, <laughs> I use these boots until I'm in my hunting territory. And then I then I swap to my sneaking boots, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's very like there's a every place has a thing and everything has a place and like. And that's kind of how you have to be to do those birds the right way. You know, like you'll spend all day getting ready for a minute, 30 seconds, you know, of like an epic, you know, fight to explode a duck in front of. So I, I'm not taking away from it, but like that's that's kind of how they come from. And just like Jonathan said, they generally have this like type of rack. A lot of them are in Tacomas, but they're cleaner, you know, like they aren't, <laughs> like, they aren't your dirt hawkers, Tacomas, another like mine. Um, but in the back will be a, a cap on it, and they generally have like the draw out cage, you know, like where the birds sit on it, and there's a special place for the dog. And you're long wingers, you know, like we said, leather patches on the tweed jacket, you know. And uh, I'm glad I asked this question. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you are too. All right, <clears throat> moving on, you get the goshawkers who are who, who are less uh, get my smoking pipe and my tweed jacket, you know, less, less that and more. <laughs> I'm better than you. Yeah, exactly. In every exactly. way you can yes. possibly conceive, yeah. I am better than you. 
and that's yeah. your goshawkers. You know, <laughs> a lot of times they just. I used to be one. I was a goshawker. So like again, ha ha, laugh with me, people. But that's your goshawkers. I am better than you because of this goshawk. Therefore, just out of the gate, I'm, I'm better than you. Very elitist, you know, because it takes so much stinking work to keep these things happy, you know. And I'm sure there's people that are gonna say, well, not if you do it right. Well. That that statement comes behind the years and years of experience that got you to that point. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, there's some work that goes into goshawks, you know, and and then that's theirs. And then one, the next, the last one that I think is like clearly defined would be the eagle. The oh, eagle. I was going to ask where Golden's come I, in here. How could I have forgotten about the eagle people? Oh, and and man. that's the one yeah. that like walk around with their keys on the outside and they're like Lamborghini like keychain. He's like, yeah, that's where I keep it. You know, like, did you know I have a Lamborghini? Did you, did you know I have a Lamborghini? I'm just going to, you could hold these keys, but you can't drive it. You know, I was like, going to ask where the Eagle people came in because Golden what Eagles, is incredible, man. though. It's an Eagle, you know, like, it's a dragon. Oh, they it's call a dragon. it Eagle Envy, you know, like, you know, <laughs> it's a thing, man. I, I yeah. Holding one is powerful. Like, this thing can chew my face off you know like it, it's kind of cool they're 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 amazing animals but if i had to give a certain type the the eagle falconers you know uh the folks with the eagles they're they're they it doesn't it's not the same kind of spinoff as like the 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 goshawkers that are like i am an elitist i am better than you you know it's more of like i don't know how jonathan help me out here you know it, well it's it's more like they don't even feel like they well, I mean, and rightfully so in a lot of ways. And and hey, you know, I the, the handful of eagle people that I that I know I have utmost respect for. But it's like, you know, it, it's kind of like, OK, if you strolled up to someone and you've got an eagle and first of all, if your arm hasn't fallen off within five minutes, then, you know, you're doing something right. OK, <laughs> you know, but like <laughs> but you you approach someone and you you really just look at the eagle and you look at them and you really just, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't, yeah, I don't really feel like I even need to say anything Well, this speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's what I, mean? what I was going to say. You know, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like, it's a whole other thing of like the, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, a little bit of an extra spin from the upper echelon type of thing, because it's like, look, you know, this is an accomplishment in and of itself. What else does there really need to say? It just speaks for itself. So it's just, that's the best way I can think of to describe it. You know what I mean? And, and I will say having talked to more people about the process and dude, there's just so much, it's so much harder to get a hold of an Eagle. I mean, you have to really, 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 really want to fly an Eagle, like to, to go through all of the steps that are involved with getting an eagle right now, especially right now and trapping one. I mean, you can, you can try and trap one for two weeks and not even land one. Like, you know, and, and you can be, why dude, it, there's, there's, that's a whole other conversation in and of itself too, but you have to go kind of through like a depredation permit route to get them uh, uh, because the of the way the legality okay. and the regs and everything. Right. I'm just, I'll just simply say that's the way the regs are right now. It makes it really hard to get them and there's no point and there's no like, there's no um, 100% chance, I should say, that that you're going to end up with one. You could spend 10 grand, go out west, and and make provisions to be somewhere for two weeks, and still not even end up with one. So that the whole process in and of itself, it's like it's even harder to to go that route than than the other routes. So Damn. anyway, 
toss it back over to you, Chad. But yeah, <laughs> and and uh, you know, just to give the sweet with a sour on that or whatever, the yin with the yang. Uh, folks like Lauren McGow would. And I was just I was thinking of her the whole anybody, time. Anybody, man, no, you know, no, so no, I can no, tell no, these no. jokes and joke with it. And then what's another one? Michael Clark. I can't even really. I haven't even talked to him enough to consider him a buddy. Ace. But like, I've like texted him, like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And he'll give you knowledge, you know. But like, these are the stigmas that go along with it, you know. Yeah. But I'm not pulling any punches with the Goshawks, though. All of them. No, 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 all no, of them no. need a snub. Every single one of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I hunt with enough of them, and I've been hunting with enough of them for like literally the second that I got into falconry that they deserve all the they deserve all the <laughs> hell that they get, man, for sure. But but yeah, I mean the the eagle falconers like Lauren and Chase and um, mm-hmm. you know a lot of those like uh, Jason Reed, a lot of those guys. If you reach out to them, they'll they'll be more than happy to 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 do what they can to help you with knowledge and everything else once again people you know for anybody that thinks that we're being all whatever you know please don't we're we, we've known these people for a long time we're having we're, fun yes yeah. yes we've we've and and you know what you know i i i'm more than happy to to take whatever i i i receive i'm on the receiving end of all this on a regular basis myself so it's just all part of it so i'm gonna tell you right now call me basic but if there was a bunch of people in a room and they all had their birds on their arm and I see a golden eagle, I'm going there first. You Most know what people I mean? would. Like, <laughs> I, I'm gonna. Like, call me basic, but, like, Lauren has an insane social media presence because she has a dragon on her arm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's badass. That thing can kill a freaking <laughs> coyote. You know, I want to go check that out. So mm-hmm. anyway, I was going to say, I was wondering where the Eagles fit in there. So I'm glad we got there. Thank you. <laughs> Have you seen my Camaro, my Corvette, my limited Shelby, whatever, whatever. Have you, it's right over there. If you want to go bask in its amazingness, you know? <laughs> and like, would you like to hold it? You know, yes, like, yes. It, it, yes, I would. Please, please let me hold the Eagle. You know, yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's even it's even worse whenever it's not even a, a golden, but it's like you know a Marshall Eagle or something else that you know is not even anywhere near as common as that too. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, you know, God forbid you even see like a, you know a Harpy Eagle in person or something. I'm that's, ready you know, to be a groupie. Badass. Yeah, I will. I will wash your car with cotton balls just to let me like get in the same room as a Harpy or. Or maybe one of those uh the the flip top hawk eagles. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Star the, Fox. Um, what you know who I'm talking about here? Talking about the uh, ornate hawk eagles. Yes, or ornate. The, Dang it, the hawk. Yeah. Yes, them. You know, yeah. one of those. I'd love them. I'd or like even them. the crown. Yeah, even the crown eagles are really cool. A too. crown eagle would be yeah. sick too. Yeah, yeah. Harpy eagles are so big, so heavy. You know. Well, you know that they've still got a harpy at the uh, at the archives up at the. Uh, bird of prey center up there chad if you ever yeah i want to see him hunt something that's that's yeah. what i like use it you know like <laughs> use it i don't want to yeah. see the hammer on your wall i want to i want to see you drive nails with it you know or break something <laughs> with your sledgehammer you know that's yeah. that's what that's Beautiful. when they're cool you know <laughs> you want to be on the racetrack while the uh ferrari's driven yeah there you go there, there john you go. tell I don't me want to see it in the garage yeah, nah, yeah. you know yeah no, i'm with you that. you know What's up, John? Tell me the best day you've ever had hawking. What happened? Oh man, there's got to be one day that, like, no, if you're there's... in a bar and a girl comes up to you and she's like, "Oh, you're a you're a long winger," 
Tell oh, me God. all about your best day. <laughs> yeah. Like you have one of those stories ready. You know well, I mean? there was this Go. one day. There was this one day. I got five squirrels with my red tail, and I went to Hooters, and you know it was <laughs> had had me some boneless wings, and yeah, no, no, nothing like uh, nothing like that. But um, no, there, I've actually there's there's actually two quote unquote best days that I can remember. One was an anomaly and the other one was more just because it was such a really cool milestone for me. And the first, the first one that was really cool is like, so the second bird I ever flew was, was a captive bred Harris Hawk. And um, I remember going out West to Kansas uh, as part of our, I don't know, then it was kind of a sort of tradition or whatever. And we went out to Kansas and we were hawking jackrabbits and um, gosh, it was about two or three, three days i think ish in and this bird that i was flying at the time i mean it was like my second bird first harris and she was just going hell after him but just couldn't connect and you know i was starting to get a little disheartened frustrated one of the guys i went with was just like dude just keep on it like we're gonna keep hunting and stuff it's like your bird wants one like she wants a jackrabbit and you can tell real quick the birds that are intimidated and won't go after them and versus the ones that will. And so, you know, he was just like, man, just, just keep on it. You know, just, it'll, it'll happen. She really wants one. And sure enough, we, it was really windy one day and we were out in the fields and, and uh, you guys know how jackrabbits are, man. They're, they're really good at, at working their terrain and wind and stuff. And they know, I mean, they know all the tricks, right? So for some strange reason, for some strange reason, we got this one slip and I was, I was hunting this, hunting the bird off the, off the fist. And she saw this jackrabbit get up probably about like 10, somewhere between 10 to 20 yards in front of us and kind of to the left in this field. And so she kind of gets up and, and turns around into the wind and starts going with the wind and she's hauling after this this jackrabbit and for some strange reason this jackrabbit decided to commit suicide and it turned and it ran with the wind instead of into the wind and she caught up to that damn thing and she grabbed onto it and i'm you know just yeah my you know my fat ass is running you know like my (laughs) just 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 mock 20 trying to catch up to it right and like my heart is pounding i can't i can barely breathe and I do the whole baseball slide into first base, you know, deal, get down, grab a hold of that jackrabbit's back legs. My one buddy was right behind me. He slides in on the other side. We both get on that jack and laying there, like holding that jackrabbit's back legs in my gauntlet as I'm trying to not die from asphyxiation, basically, from <laughs> just not being able to breathe. Man, just laying there and just looking up at the sky and thinking to myself, I actually accomplished this. And is you know, it's an immature bird, you know, yeah, still a, a an apprentice falconer in the second season, whatever. You know, I mean, at that moment in time, you know, it's 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 kind of a big deal, you know. I mean, at oh, least for, for yourself. You know? And I mean, there's it's not necessarily something that's ultra special in general, but it is special to you, right? And Heck so, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, oh, and yeah. so, um, you know, towards the end of the week, uh, we, we get that one in the bag towards the end of the week, we're, um, <clears throat> we're just kind of just making one last hunt type of deal. And we go up in this dirt field and we're all just bannering and giving each other shit basically about what to do next. Right. 
and um, we're trying to figure out what we're going to hunt, like which way we're going to go in this field. And my buddy over to the right of me goes, oh, I got one sitting. And we were all standing within less than probably five yards of this jackrabbit that was huddled down in this clump uh, between this like clump of dirt and just like chopped down like, I don't know, whatever, right? And it's just holed up there and it's just laying there, slicked all back. And and uh, so we're starting to talk, you know, real quick. I've already got the bird on my on my glove and and we're just like, all right, how do we engineer this, whatever. And and so long story short, hold the bird way up, go over, kick the jackrabbit up. She swoops down really fast, latches onto its back. And all of a sudden they're like, get, get, get whatever like there's like five falconers all trying to lunge after this jackrabbit that's got you know a buck and bronco hawk on on its back you know and and so i was able that that first trip out hawking for jackrabbits laying you know basically was able to bag two jackrabbits with with that first harris hawk that i flew and stuff so anyway that whole experience i think was the first major like milestone memory for me the second one not to be too long-winded here but of course you wanted to touch on the whole coyote deal um so that's this is your tie into that okay and perfect segue yeah yeah (laughs) and so for all my friends listening i apologize i have um i don't for the first year or so after this happened more or less just to spite my buddies and annoy them you know i always made coyote references basically the whole rest of the season after this whole thing happened but a little bit of background here and Chad, you're probably your head probably will explode when you hear this. But so I was flying a uh, small male imprint Harris Hawk for a friend of mine, and he just didn't want it to. He was he bought this Harris Hawk because he was going to end up maybe using it as like a semen donor later on, whatever, in a breeding project. And uh, and so he didn't want this little male Harris to sit in a mew its first season and get like no action. Right. So I'm like, okay, well. I kind of wouldn't mind seeing what this experience would be like, you know, cause I've always heard you always hear and without digressing too much into something that you're, that the listeners probably won't know much about as far as the logistics of it goes, but imprint Harris Hawks in general are kind of like um, uh, regarded as not something that is good. <laughs> so they're, they're, <laughs> they're kind of regarded in, in a lot of ways as kind of like abominations. And they got, things. they get the, they get picked on a lot. Yes, That's a, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in, and it's a, it's a really easy to mess up a Harris Hawk if you're trying to imprint one. So anyway, that being said, I'm flying this imprint Harris Hawk for a buddy of mine. The season is, is frustrating in a lot of ways. This bird, the second I started trying lowering its weight, it started screaming. And it wasn't like, you know, a typical, you know, whatever, like a Harris Hawk does. No, it's like, you know, whatever it is. It is the most annoying sound ever. And the minute it would hear anything come anywhere near it, it started making that sound. It would not stop. So anyway, picture this, uh. <laughs> picture this the whole season hunting with this thing, right? So I end up actually getting a cottontail with it. And then we ended I ended up taking it out West just for giggles because we go and hunt Jack's again. And he actually ended up legit, like catching a jackrabbit. It was kind of in some, some weed, some like tumbleweed and stuff, but like was able to get on its head, you know, subdue it to where I could get up to it. And I mean, it was legit catch and stuff, 
and then as the season progressed, I'm I'm just hunting this thing. It's frustrating, you know. He just isn't acting right half the time. And the only time I could really tell when his head was really in the game is when he'd actually shut up. So when he stops <laughs> walking you know, the, the whole time, like I knew he was really serious about hunting. So anyway, fast forward a little bit more. It's about halfway, a little over halfway through the season. We're up um, hunting with some other buddies at another place. Uh, it's kind of like this industrialish kind of area. And um, as Chad knows, I mean, you know, most of the cottontails in a lot of these urban settings, you know, are kind of in more of these industrial complex kind of deals in between like warehouses and stuff like that. Right. So we're in this field and we're next to a chain link fence and uh, it's kind of actually close to an airport too. I mean, the opposite side of the really small regional, you know, type airport. And I'm hunting uh, the Hawk off a of tea perch. And all of a sudden he just launches off of it and he just goes, you know, across the field and he goes down on our side of the chain link fence. Right. And we're like, oh, great. He's probably screwed off and missed another one. You know, whatever. We'll wait for him to get back up, you know, and just kind of keep walking. And then my one buddy that's right next to the chain link fence on the one side and actually has a little bit of clearing. He can see what's going on. All of a sudden he goes, oh, it's a coyote. And so we're all like, it's a coyote. Oh, my God. So we're basically starting to freak out a little bit. We run about 10 to 15 yards up and we get to the this part of the fence and now the coyote and the hawk are on actually the opposite side of the fence. The coyote had apparently tried going underneath the chain link fence and tried dragging and raking off the bird. And the bird was literally on its back, like death gripped on its back just past midway so that every time the coyote would try and turn around and bite it, it was too far. It couldn't, it couldn't reach the bird. And so the bird is, this is all happening, by the way, within the span of about, yeah, like light speed, like 15 to 20 (laughs) seconds, right? Like birds clinging to its back. The coyote sees us all bum rush up to it. Right. And it's just looking at us like, where the hell did you all come from? (laughs) And, and so basically like, you know, my buddy, he, he pulls out his 45 and he's got it aimed at the coyote's head. Like we can't get to it to dispatch it by hand and grab it and try and subdue it that way. Right. Which I think the gun's still wiser Yeah, yeah. (laughs) than grabbing a coyote. (laughs) Hey, you know, you never know what you're going to do in the moment though. Right. Yeah. True. True. It's all happening. Yeah. You got a bird on, on a, on a coyote. Like you're going to do what you need to do. Right. Like, Anyway, so, you know, he's the coyotes kind of self subdued still and is looking at us like, <clears throat> what the hell, you know, is there are all these people here all of a sudden for? And my one buddy's just like, well, should I shoot it? And we're like, yeah, shoot it, you know, and he's pop, nails it right in the head. And then like the, the gunshot spooks the hawk. So he lets go of the coyote finally and flies up and over the fence across the field away. And we're, we all spend probably a good five to 10 seconds sitting there in silence. You could have heard a pin drop on the grass, basically. Like, it was so quiet, right? And I look at one of my buddies, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess this technically is like, we, we just bagged a coyote, you know, whatever. And he's just like, now, John, John, you know, John, just just just, just hold on there. You know, he's just trying to, you know, keep me, keep the reins, you know, on and stuff. Try not to let me celebrate too much or anything. Like, it just wasn't anything, you know, 
at all special about what just happened. <laughs> and, and, and it's not so much the fact that, you know, the act of catching it or whatever, it, it was more of the fact that that literally 99 out of a hundred times, as you know, is not going to turn out that way. You're, you're, you're going to run up there and there's going to be a pile of feathers or something. You know, most of the time, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So out of that experience, so I, I go and I retrieve the bird back. That bird was really like Johnny on the spot, instant recall with the lure. So a bird comes back over. I get, get the bird back on the glove. They drag the coyote underneath the fence and, um, you know, drag it up to the top of this hill next to where we were hunting and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, I'm on cloud nine more because, you know, my buddy's bird's not dead. I don't have to deliver a pile of feathers back to him, basically, <laughs> you know, but, um, but just that this whole situation happened like it did and <clears> stuff. <throat> the bird did end up breaking its uh, left hallux, which is the back toe or whatever. And on the, on the left foot and um, it had a swollen left eye. That was the only thing that, that happened to him. So, yeah, lucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, the, yeah, the coyotes laying there, uh, I go ahead and let the bird jump down. And and by the way, this only weighed about 18 and a half to 19 ounces. So small, small bird. And, um, yeah. So then we, we took pictures and stuff and, um, and you're like, I gotta I, get him taxidermied. <laughs> I was like, no. And, and luckily, so luckily my buddy, had his GoPro going that during that too. So I actually got video of it, of it happening and everything, which is one of the ones I'm going to send you all, by the way, so you can check. Oh, okay, good. Patrons stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but anyway, if you make money off that video, you're going to share it with me, by the way. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so get some pictures and whatever. And um, just to wrap the story now real quick. So, we make our phone calls. Everybody's just like, Oh my God, whatever, you know? And, um, so I regret not taking the coyote. Like we left the coyote laying basically. Well, later that week it snowed. And so we knew the thing wasn't going to be rotting. I kept thinking more and more about it. I was just like, how, why didn't I not like, this was such a, an oddball type thing that happened, right? Like I should have at least got the head, or something or a skull or something. Yeah, I, I whatever. You know, agreed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, souvenir, yeah. right? And so I I tell my buddy, and he's like, All right, well, me and my other buddy are we'll go back and we'll look for it again. And he calls me back and he's just like, Man, we couldn't find it. I'm like, What do you mean you couldn't find it? And so we're like having all these speculations that, well, that 45 would have just went right through the right spot and it still lived somehow and it walked off or whatever, you know, later. And, and we we're just like, <laughs> everybody had all these weird theories, right, about why you couldn't <laughs> find it. So we go to the same spot the following week and I just tell him, I said, guys, I don't care if this thing is is half rigor mortis rotted out, you know, with with all kinds of crap you know, eating it, growing out of it a whole nine yards. If this, if, if that thing is still sitting where it was and you just couldn't find it, like I'm taking it and we're just going to deal with the smell, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And, uh, and so basically like I walk right up the hill and literally walk right up to it. I don't know how he missed it. I don't know how he didn't see it or whatever him and his buddy, but we took it and my buddy, uh, helped me, um, you know, get the head off, you know, cut the head off and stuff and uh, ended up getting the taxidermy and everything. And it's, it's on the wall right behind me there. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so that's the story behind the coyote. Um, Very yeah. nice. 
<clears throat> I wanted so, to get my first hair I ever caught with my dog's taxidermy, but yeah. then I realized it's like $500. And I was like, oh, well, you'll just eat them instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Chad, what's the best time falconing you've ever had? Uh, favorite time hawking was probably, I do a lot of hunting on my own. You know, I don't, because I'm a bit of a recluse. I like people, but I really like my privacy and I live so far away from everybody. Um, it's rare for me to get out and get to hunt with people, you know, and actually say, hey, look, I'm actually doing the things that I say that I talk about, you know, like here, watch. <laughs> and so it's a rare thing for me. And I finally got to go to the NAFA with my, with my, my jerk hybrid and my, one of my sidehounds, you know, and it was for me, I, we had caught plenty you know i'm not the best nowhere near the first person to do it or the best to do it but we did it and well enough you know and uh but it was really cool i got to go to anatha and do it in front of like my and there's lots of footage from it episode yeah yeah (laughs) and so and i got to get do it in front of like some of the some of the people that i really respect in falconry like heath gardner jeff reddick you know let's see who else was there daniel murray uh megan yates you know Brit Perry, you know, all these people were there and got to see it, you know, and one day we did it, you know, and then, you know, the, he, cause she flew on an every other day cycle, you know, and then a day off. And then the next day we did it again. And then that day it was raining. It was raining. I had two dogs. One of them was just to get them up and going. And then I had one sidehound and most people that do it have like two or three sidehounds, you know, like, and, uh, it was just cool. Not possum. Yeah. what that's what it was it was all goofy possum you know we had griff that got him up and started barking and then he's out of the picture you know as you know like that his yeah. job's done you know <laughs> his job's done uh and uh and then possum took off and it was just in like i said it was in the rain it was gentle rain but it was in the rain and and she caught it and it's one of those things they're a team you know so a lot of times the dogs may catch it or this or that and like i really wanted my my bird to be the one to catch it so i used to hunt some of my side hounds and muzzles even, you know? So the worst they do is roll it so that the bird could still get to it, you know? Um, but I, I didn't have my good dog, my best one with me. I had possum who's still a good dog. And anyway, so it was just really cool that got to do it in front of my peers in the rain. My bird caught it with one side hound. It was just, it was just perfect for me, you know, getting to share it with people you respect, you know, that, and, and, and making it all happen there. So that, that was my, that was, 100% my favorite day fal- hawking ever, you know. So even old Sethster has a fun hawking story. I right, give it a here. guy named Tanner. He lives here where I live. And uh he's like, "Hey, uh where do you like where's a cool He asked me, "Do you know where some kind of terrain like this is? I'm ready to go to some new areas." I was like, "Oh, dude, I know tons of places like that." So he wanted we were going to go quail hunting and with a merlin. And I've never seen a merlin hunt before. I even in the wild. Like I I I just don't see them often in the wide open desert. Mm. And he's like, well, I got this Merlin. She's not that good, but she's really fun. And he's like, you're going to love Merlins. Cause they're kind of like a greyhound of the sky. He's like, they just like fly after things like super fast. And you have this like aerial dog fight. And I was like, Oh, I'm in, you know, you could have told me you were flying like a parrot and I'd have been like, yeah, I'm in. So, <laughs> um, we go out there and he's like, she really will only chase quail. She's gotten really picky. And he named her pig pin. Cause she was just like fat and lazy. And uh, he's like, but she does love to chase quail. So we're going to hunt for quail. He had two spaniels. He put them on the ground. We were hunting in this like vertical canyon country. 
And he said the reason why he likes that is you have this like crazy amphitheater effect. Like the quail, when they fly down into those big bowls of these canyons, you can sit down and watch through the binoculars and watch the whole race. And so he's like, it's really cool when you're in the high country watching the birds fly down into the low country. And so I was like, well, that's really cool. And I really, um, plot twist, I really like to watch dogs work. So I was really excited to uh, see his spaniels out there, like really grinding through the brush too. And that's the first time I ever saw spaniels. And they are crazy. Like those little things are like, you take a pointer and you just injected it with like a thousand milligrams of caffeine and said, go find them. And they just like take off. So I was really watching this extremely high energy endeavor of these spaniels hunting for the quail. And uh, what I really surprised me, and I didn't know anything about falconry at this time. This was my se uh, second time ever going out and first time ever with a falcon, not a hawk. And uh, um, she would just like follow us landing on yucca stalks. I thought for sure she was just going to be like on your glove and you were going to be like sick em, boy. And like she like fly off and go get them. But no, she would like follow us and land and constantly just keep staying close to the dogs, like landing on little natural perches. And um, finally, the dogs got a covey of quail up and I was blown away at the quail, not just the Merlin, but the quail. They are so badass. And it's like the first thing when you first see a hare run from the sighthounds, you're like, uh, it's just a jackrabbit. You're going to mow them down. Holy crap. Jackrabbits are badass. Best, Same man. thing with the quail. You know, like they took off super fast and the Merlin just like screaming after them. And it was cool because the Merlin flew right over my head. And so it was just like death on jingle bells, just like, like <laughs> flying over my head super fast. And it gained on the quail. And this quail was flying straight towards a boulder because we're like in this crazy boulder canyon country. And as soon as it got to the boulder, that quail just whoo, like dropped right on the other side of that boulder with this incredible like right angle dive. And that Merlin flew right over him, like ripped up and tried to gain altitude. But the quail like hit the ground and then ran into some cactuses and held in there. And the Merlin like gave up on him. And uh, what I really respected about that guy um, cause I didn't know anything. I don't know culture. I don't know etiquette. I don't know anything. And so he called his dogs in, had them come to heal. And he used that like, like lure thing on the end of the string to like bring the bird back. And he's like, I never chase second flush quail. He's like, they're like super easy to catch. If you like walked over there and kicked him out of the cactuses, the bird would like mow him down. So we're going to go find another one. And I was like, cool, man. Like, awesome. I didn't know that. And he was like, go walk over there where that quail is. And I guarantee you'll see him like right there. So I walked over there and dude, I was like literally a foot away from it. And it was just hiding in the cactuses looking right at me, but it would not flush because it knew the bird was up there. And so anyway, that was super rad. We actually had several races and it surprised me at how incredibly athletic the quail are. One of them just like hit the ground at like full steam. I mean, that Merlin was going to get him. And he just crash landed into the ground and like rolled up into some mesquites. And the Merlin was like, I'm not going to like hurt myself. And it just like banked out of the attack mm. and the quail like totally lived another day. But like, I was blown away at how it just like flew straight into the ground, like at full speed. And it just stunned the bird. He just, the hawk was like, nah, the falcon was like, I'm, nah, that's, this guy's crazy, I guess. I, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, falcons don't cool. crash very well. They don't they don't like to crash. The long ones are not made crash. for it either. Yeah, they're yeah. not made for it. Yeah, and the then quail the, the quail will fly dudes. right down a hole though, man. They're like 
like Wait, a, like going like a Pringles can, they'll hit that going full speed, you know, just like suck in to, to go in there and hide. Yeah. Quail will go underground. Yep, one hundred and ten percent. Yes. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. you have to dig them out if you really wanted it that bad. Which that is crazy. Which I won't say some people don't do, but anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there's a varying degree of ethics, and I'm not saying Tanner was like the number one guy out there. I'm just saying it impressed me. Um, it impressed me. That's all. That's it. I, I'm not saying I haven't. Look, I was a kid once, you know, so I've done a lot of crazy stuff, you know. But like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool that he was just like, "Yeah, we'll go find more." And where we, where I live, it is Quailapalooza. I mean, there's mm-hmm. like a hundred coveys around me. We could hunt. We'll be in Quail all day, every day. And shut so- up, Cat Seth. Shut up. We're, we're- <laughs> yeah. So we just walked ten minutes down the canyon country <laughs> and jumped another qu- covey of thirty and had like a really awesome race. So it was really fun. And uh, and I blew me away. I I was amazed at the speed that thing could go from sitting on a perch to screaming up on one like that, you know. So very exciting, very fun, very fun. A northern flicker landed like ten feet away from her, and and Tanner was like, "This that if that was another Merlin I own, he would have just mowed that flicker down." But that (laughs) flicker was just like, "Oh," and like flew away. And she was like, "Eh, I'm looking for quail." Yeah. So anyway, it just made me laugh. He's like, they're little personalities. He's like, I'm going to let her go for sure. At the end of the year, he's like, she's just like, eh. he's like, I want one. That's like anything that flies. I'm going for it. You know? So yeah. He told me, he said he, when he was going to get a, um, a one that would chase doves, he said, doves are like the most epic aerial race there is. He's like, those ones, they will, I guess you guys need to be saying this, not me, but something he said about like ringing where they like fly in this crazy ring going upward. I was like, that sounds cool. (laughs) Break it down, one of you. What is it? Yeah, I mean, those like ringing flights and stuff. I mean, they'll, it's a big reason why a lot of the guys like in Europe and stuff too, like, um, you know, like flying larks and things like that. They basically just ring them up straight in the air and it's kind of like an area. So it's like a dogfight basically. And, you know, they get to a point where one finally gains the advantage over the other. And, and, you know, you're basically, you can, pretty much guess how that usually ends uh, i mean the other cool thing that a lot of guys do with the merlins and stuff is like the ringing flights and starlings and and like seeing like the starling murmurations and stuff like that is really cool too but yeah doves doves in general though i mean they're so fast and and uh and elusive and they're definitely a tough quarry for sure um that's another thing that i really haven't gotten a chance to see a whole lot in person but I know a lot of guys that do it, especially with like Tearsel Peregrines and stuff like that. Um, and even like, you know, Tears- Tearsel Prairies and stuff. Um, but yeah, man, the other cool thing that I've gotten a chance to see in person that I really thought was awesome was, uh, and I'm, I'm sure Chad can attest to this too, is, uh, you know, Snipe, Snipe Hawk, oh. with, uh, you know, with, uh, with Tearsel Peregrines and even, uh, you know, Merlins and stuff. Guys, with so- Chris Price, man, I've seen, I've seen some, some Snipe. You know, some snipe fights with uh, Chris Price, and it was just freaking. That was actually one of my first uh, hunts I went on with a long wing. Was I just, you know, I had been dirt hawking a bunch and went out there with them and went out to like this like water flat, you know, it was like two inches of water and everything. And they got up of that. And I, we were trying to hunt, I forget exactly this part of it because it was so early in my falconry days, you know. I think we were after snipe and got into something else. You know, there was just a, you know, a, a little low flying bird <clears throat> that was also a game species, you know, but it, they, they don't get up very much. So a lot of times 
you know, the fight gets really low and you don't get that as epic of a stoop. But this little bird was flying like three feet off the ground and his little, his little, uh, oh gosh, who the heck knows what bird it was at that point. He, he keeps birds for a long time. He takes care, wonderful care of them. But I think it wasn't little man. I think it was something else, but he came down and cracked it and just happened to crack it right as like they leveled out perpendicular to the ground. And that thing zipped by me, you know, skipping on the ground, like a little rock, like you know, like just this <laughs> dead bird, you know, like where he hit it so hard. Oh man. Killed it on impact. And it was like tick, 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 you know, like 30 little skips, and it finally stopped because it came up on a little like levee, you know, like a little walkway, and like rolled to a stop. And he went over there and picked it up <laughs> and then flew it over to another spot and like stuffed it in a little bush and then came back and like, yeah, let's kill another one. You know, like it, which is called caching, you know. Yep, yep, and yep. the little bird just picked it up. He's like, I'm not hungry enough, I don't need to eat this now. But I'm going to save this for later. Let's kill another one, you know? And I was just like, this is, this is amazing. I'm going to have to do this one day. And now I live in the desert. So there's, you know, (laughs) shorebirds ain't happening, you know? Uh, Yeah. I got a chance to see snipe hawking for the first time, actually, when I was in Mexico for this uh, second round of the uh, Mexico series I did for the podcast. And, uh, and they, uh, by the end of the, of the week, they all actually were like, you know, the, (laughs) <laughs> they're kind of jokingly like gringo can't go home he's our good luck charm because they're catching all these snipe and stuff they like snipe can't like um i mean they, they're uh it's not like a regular thing catching snipe you know like it, it's uh i mean if your bird's experienced and you get the right setups and everything yes i mean it, it's technically regular i guess i should say but like it's a lot harder than what it looks is, is what i guess i'm trying to say and it's not like something that it always ends up with with game in the bag scenario, right? And um, and so basically, like you know, getting a chance to see that in person, also like for the first time in a different country, and and seeing like these tearsal peregrines like take these two hundred foot pitches and stuff, and come down right in front of you as a snipes, you know, heading towards you know cover and everything. It's it's really cool. So anyway, that I think honestly that's even more fun to watch than duck hawking you know or, or even um other forms of a bigger stuff i mean you know there's also like the grouse hunting aspect of things and stuff too which is cool but you know i don't know it, it teaches their own i mean there's so many different like little niche aspects of the stuff and and that's the wonderful thing about falconry too is that there's something for almost every kind of preference or uh you know, it just, it, the, unfortunately, a lot of it depends on where you live, though, too. And you just hope that you find something you like that is available in your area and you're content with it. You know? How many times do you hound doggers catch yourself thinking about an awesome hunt you had or retelling this great story with family and friends around the dinner table? And all you have to remember that moment is some terrible cell phone picture or worse, no picture at all. Well... Houndsman XP has partnered with Rough Cut Company to help solve your problem and make beautiful pieces of art to remember for all time your experiences in the field. Rough Cut Company is an American-owned and American-made business in Wisconsin that specializes in custom, unique photo engravings on hardwood that are framed to any picture you want. They also do customizable antler dog chews and even beautiful, unique antler rings from their own red deer in wisconsin rough cut company can do pretty much anything you ask their customer service is second to none 
give them a look at roughcutcompany.com. And when you check out, make sure you check out with HXP 10% off to get a discount on your final purchase. Check them out, you guys, and support people that support Houndsman and help keep us in the field and remembering those times forever. I, uh, I just, I think one thing I really love about any kind of animal hunting that when we're hunting with animals as a partner is that you cultivate this like deep respect for the quarry. And I'm not saying gun hunters don't dude. My grandpa was a bird hunter and he was obsessed with quail. So, and bow hunters, we, we all know that, but I think we see it at a different level because look, I, I love quail. They're cool, you know? Um, but I definitely liked them more after I saw all this really badass evasive maneuvers that they can pull from an aerial predator. And so you'll never see that kind of behavior when you're a shotgun hunter. And the same thing with jackrabbits, dude, I grew up <clears throat> in rural New Mexico. Okay. I was a kid. I had a 22, a spotlight and a car. You can imagine how that went my whole life. <laughs> yeah. You just see jackrabbits. You're like, Oh, there's one bam. So it's like, but then when I start hunting them with dogs, you're just like, no, 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 no. All my small game guns, they're long gone. I can't even aim a gun at a jackrabbit anymore. It's got to be right here. It's got to be a speed dog after him. And so uh, that's, you know, you can hear that with these guys that get into some kind of like game. And and that's really cool when, you know, talking about the snipes and, and you know, even the humble squirrel. There's, they're actually, you know, pretty hard to catch. They're really athletic little guys and they're cool. So um, that's all. That's the point I wanted to make. You know, it's no secret how I feel about small mammals. So I don't know. I just, I think it's really neat how you get to see them at their best when, when you're hunting them in a way that they've evolved to defend themselves. Here's, here's a cool one that you'd be able to buy into. And I don't know if this, <clears throat> I don't see it where I hunt. Cause most of my jackrabbits are running in the sixth stage, but Seth, you know, or you got, you got that, that open country where you could actually see the animal, you know, open up all the way and your dogs get after it like that. Do you, do you ever see a jackrabbit use the wind at all in your, no. your races with the dogs? Yeah, no way. That's a whole 100% they do it with birds. That's 100%. There is no, no denying it. They'll run run into the wind. wind? 100%. Contest. Yeah. And that's, that just, that's how my first hair, like I was saying that first uh, Harris Hawk story, I was telling you, that's how she was able to catch up to that one rabbit is that stupid jackrabbit for whatever reason did not play the wind. It went with the wind instead of against it. I mean, those rabbits, usually they they start hauling ass like into the wind because they know the bird's going to have to fly against it and they can't catch up to it very well. And for oh, whatever wow. reason, this bird did the opposite thing. But Chad's absolutely right, man. They they know how to they it's all they've got like rabbits. I mean, they, their elusiveness is all is their defense mechanism. So if they don't yeah. learn how to do that, they're going to die <laughs> first stealth, then insane athleticism. Yeah. And, and when they run, a lot of times they'll just start running into the wind, you know, but even if they don't, they'll set up a miss based off of it. Like out here by me, they may run up around a big uh, juniper, which, you know, like sometimes birds will crash through the sage, you know, but if it's a tall piece of sage, they'll stop behind it, let the bird crash. And I, I'll bet my house when they take off again, it'll be into the wind. You know, like just because the bird has to get back up again so crazy. and takes them so much time, you know, or if they're running at a big juniper and they'll kind of take this wide arcing flight around it, you know, and then they'll head right into the wind. They'll drop those ears back and then go right it's into the wind. Time. You know? Yeah, because <laughs> they know the bird has a harder time keeping up with it and they do different flights for different types of birds. How they 
fly to get away from an eagle is totally different on how they fly to get away from a Harris hawk and is totally different from how they fly to get away from a goshawk. Exactly. And and to Chad's point on that too, Seth, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to witness this. I know Chad has to have. But the other, like my favorite jackrabbit maneuver is when they stop. They completely stop and they let the bird catch up to it. And they will like, and and so it's not going to probably do this for a, for a golden <laughs> eagle, of course. But like for a Harris hawk or a red tail or even a uh, sometimes even a, a goshawk, if there's enough distance, that rabbit will actually stop and let the bird catch up to it. And right before you think your bird is going to have that jackrabbit, zoom, takes off again. And it is off to the races, and that bird stoops down, tries to catch it, but that bird, that rabbit has it timed perfectly to where that bird is going to miss, and it takes back off again because that rabbit knows as soon as that bird hits the ground is there's no way it's catching back up to that, to that jackrabbit. You know, it's going to have to gain speed again. And most species, I mean, there are some exceptions to the rule, of course, but most species, they know, they know. And that's, that's my, one of my favorite maneuvers. On, you, know, you heard side. it here first on Houndsman XP, everyone. And we just confirmed it from another perspective. Hares are indeed a superior life form. Incontrovertible. It's a hundred percent. And they'll do what Jonathan's saying. They'll stop. Like, they will be like this really tall rock or something that like, they they can get behind or whatever uh, sage whatever they have an obstacle that they know about and they'll like come right up to it you know i'm holding the mic now and they're like yep here i am here i am and right before they get there they're like ah you know like they'll, they'll, <laughs> really they they do it they'll just sudden and then when the bird hits they take off again and uh it's it's that and there, there's tons of them they like jumping with eagles you know and i've they seen videos where they yeah. jump over them at the last yeah. second yeah, yep. and they'll do that with others. You know, when I when we say these things, it's not like, but I it's not a hard rule. Yeah, yeah, it, by any measure, I've seen them jump with my with my goss before, but you don't see them jump as many times as I do. I have. I don't. I've never even hunted my own eagle. I've never. I've never had an own eagle. But just going on hunts with other people that have eagles, you know, more jump maneuvers than I've than I've ever seen before. You know, and I don't know if they just know the eagles have that reach. Or what? And then with my falcon, if the falcon, you know, if the jackrabbit ever got any distance in front of my dogs to where the dogs weren't pushing them anymore, as soon as it got the opportunity, it would just stop in a bush because they know, I, I don't know, instinctively or whatever, their DNA tells them that thing isn't going to crash. And they'll sit in a sage bush that a red tail or a goshawk or something else would, or Harris would smoke them in, would act. Absolutely catch them easy as can be. And it's just like, nah, you don't crash. I'm just going to stand here until you, because a falcon has to keep going. And it's when they're going, they can go fast, you know, but like they don't build up that speed very well. So if the, the rabbit just makes them hang time just a little, it's it's over. Then they land and the second they land, boom, the jackrabbit's off running again into the wind <laughs> as fast as he can. So Mm -hmm. confirming you know re reaffirming that is your your point nobody that's not pursuing those with these predators whatever you know they're like oh rabbits are so stupid they, they, oh, hold on now you know like they they may not False. be able to solve complex problems but can you decide which way the wind's blowing in a split second while you know an animal's actively trying to eat you you know like <laughs> yeah 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 i've been like <laughs> 
Yeah, there's there's even guys that I know that have um actually seen Harris like Harris's hawks and some hawks get killed by jackrabbits too. They'll do this deal where they'll turn around and they'll literally jump and drop kick the bird like right in the chest and like they've killed it on the spot before. Like I've seen guys that have, or I know guys that have seen that before in person too. <laughs> and for that matter, I mean we keep talking about jackrabbits, but I mean the the quote unquote lowly cottontail. I mean one of my favorite maneuvers that I've ever seen a cottontail do is like literally triple Lindy over a red tail. Like the first red, what? <laughs> like the, the first red tail that I ever flew, there was one, it swooped in and was going to like nab this cotton tail. And that thing like literally somersaulted over the top of it. It was hilarious. Like, you know, it was, it was funny as hell to watch. And, you know, you have to just stop and just almost start giving the slow clap round of applause to these <laughs> rabbits sometimes, because it's like. You know, they put on a show, man. They deserve to live if they do that stuff, man. We've been outrun by the same one three times. The last time it just outran me yesterday, I was just like, all right, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're right. I hate getting outrun, but you're just like, tip your hat. You're just like, damn, dude, what a beast. <laughs> like, what a beast. So. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, no, it's it's good stuff. It's it's fun. It's been, this has been a really fun podcast, you guys. My face hurts from grinning so much. It's been super fun. Um so yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. We're right at an hour and a half. John, any closing yeah. words you'd like to say to the Hounds on XP universe, brother? No, man. Thanks for having me. It's always cool. Like I said, being on this side of the mic and hopefully we'll get to do some more collaborative stuff in the future. And um, anytime <clears throat> that you ever want to just shoot the shizzy, so to speak, man, hit me up. I'm, you know, I enjoy doing this too. And uh, yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about all kinds of different stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, even just the short amount of time that I've been into falconry and especially even shorter time, technically, even being into some of these dogs and stuff, it's like there's always things that we even forget to mention. I mean, there's a lot of funny stories and and a lot of funny things that I've seen over the years, but I appreciate you guys. And, um, you know, like I said, I hope it's been as fun for you all as it's been been for me. And thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Yeah, oh, yeah. brother. Oh, yeah. No, I, I got nothing. Generally, I can't shut up, you know, so I don't I don't think Me I want to add any, <laughs> any more things than that. It's been a blast. Been fun. Fun to talk bird stuff, you know. Um, let's do it again. John, yeah. this is what this is my plan. How about this? Uh, pick a time. Tell me when it's awesome for you and I will come up there and hunt with you because my great love is traveling for Hounds on XP and the best content is when that GoPro is stuck to my head. So nice. let's go catch some stuff. And I want to come out to your world because I like to experience new things. I live in the Mecca of sighthound and falcon hunting. There's like more falconers per capita where I live than like anywhere else. I want to go see something totally different. So well, let's um let's let's well, fly, son. Let's fly. Yeah, we'll we'll coordinate. It'll probably have to be for next season. Uh there's people that I could take you to to see some, especially squirrel hawking. I mean, if you came up to visit me, we could always go down and and uh, to Tennessee and and uh, in the in the king dirt hawking world down there, you know. But those uh, are my people. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we we'll organize it for sure. We'll make it happen. And uh, yeah, that's Heck not yeah. a problem at all. We can get you into some fun, man, for sure. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, well, yeah. uh, I don't. Oh, uh, do you have anything else, Chad? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, all right. no, 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 I don't. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us here at All Mixed Up. I hope you guys appreciated it. That, we love to to hang out and uh, kind of bring up some stuff that's a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, we, I promise you guys, John does have dogs, <laughs> and he hunts with dogs and combined with his birds. But um, 
we've talked about that before on the show and i just wanted to i wanted to pick your brain john you're a natural behind the mic you have your own podcast and uh i really just wanted to you know hear you some funny stories and i'm, and I'm glad uh the coyote came up so uh thank you for joining me you guys chad you're the bomb thanks guys and stay tuned everybody i did want to make a quick thing the patreon page is is uh guys i don't know if you guys have heard but i got a drone and uh john was talking about it earlier in the show but i've been churning out some pretty cool content with that drone and uh it's all on the patreon page they get it first and stay tuned everybody me and chad are going to start up a youtube show and we're going to be breaking down all kinds of cool videos from the world and the content that we're getting so you guys will get a kind of a seat on the on the table of the action from the air uh, from my drone as we chase hares with sight hounds and uh, Chad's crazy life doing all the crazy stuff he does. So uh, stay tuned for that, everybody. Join us uh, join us on the Patreon page uh, for all this bonus content and we'll see you on YouTube and we'll see you every month here for All Mixed Up. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate the heck out of you all and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.